The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome in to Duval Daily, your daily dose of Jacksonville Jaguars news and analysis. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thanks for tuning in. Today, we are talking Cam Robinson, taking a look at some of the Jaguars' latest pre-draft visits with John Mechie, wide receiver out of Alabama, a lot of y'all are probably familiar with, and Kirby Joseph, safety from Illinois. Uh, The Jags also announced their 2022 draft party. We'll talk about that a little bit. You can follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter and Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. If you enjoy the content, please go ahead and like and subscribe on YouTube. We're really trying to push that right now. You can find us at Gen Jag on YouTube if you search Gen Jag. The draft party. We'll go ahead and knock that out. Draft party at Daly's Place, the amphitheater, starts at 6 p.m. on April 28th. Draft kicks off at 8. Uh, they'll have analysis on the picks that are made from the Jaguars, which as of right now would only be the first overall pick. And they'll have appearances from Doug Peterson, Shaquille Griffin. Should be a fun time. You can check out more info on that at jaguars.com slash official draft party. And that's where you will also will sign up for the draft party, which I believe is free. You just got to sign up and get that ticket. Cam Robinson. As you all know, since you're here, I'm assuming you know, uh, Cam Robinson, the Jaguars placed the franchise tag on him a little over a month ago. I believe it was March 9th, maybe March 8th. Um, So they placed the franchise tag on Cam Robinson, and he had yet to sign it, sign the franchise tender, until yesterday, Wednesday, April 13th. Took him a little over a month to get that done, but Um, really wasn't ever a major concern. There was no rumblings that he might not be interested in signing that tag. So it wasn't a huge, a huge deal. Robinson, of course, was tagged last year as well. And he signed around the same time last year. But what does this mean? It means Cam Robinson will make 16.6 million in 2022, about 30 million over the last two seasons for the Jaguars. 
Um, all of that, that 16.6 will count against the 2022 salary cap. As of right now, the only thing that would change that is if the Jaguars and Cam Robinson are able to agree to a new contract, a contract extension uh, before July 15th, which is the deadline for that NFL mandated deadline, July 15th. So, yeah, I think the Jaguars probably do want to get a long-term deal done with him. I mean, this is a guy they've paid, like I said, over $30 million the last two seasons. Um, they went out and franchise tagged him for a second straight year. They're willing to pay him $16.6 million this year to keep him around. I think a long-term deal is probably what the Jaguars want to get done with Cam Robinson, to be completely honest. Whether that will happen or not, I'm not sure, but they've made substantial investments in him over the last couple of years, and to do so without wanting to keep him around longer would kind of be silly in my opinion. Robinson is 26 years old. He's now going into his sixth year in the NFL, which is kind of hard to believe. Um, had the ACL in 2018 kind of took him out for that year and then also marred his play in 2019. But he's been the Jaguars' starting left tackle since he was drafted in 2017, you know, outside of time he's missed with injuries. But started 15 games as a rookie, of course had the ACL in 18, started 14 games in 19, 16 in 2020, 14 in 2021. He's been fairly durable for the Jaguars for the most part. Um, out of that one, outside of that one season, it's an interesting, interesting strategy the Jaguars have here with Cam Robinson. He's going to be the starting left tackle in 2022 again. How good is he? Is he worth 16.6 million in 2022 against the cap? If they're able to get a long-term deal done, you'll likely see that cap number decrease because they'll be able to offer a signing bonus. They'll be able to limit that year one cap hit um, and move forward that way. And kind of, it would help their current cap situation and it would overall tie up a little bit more money long-term, probably over the next two seasons. But how good is Cam Robinson? To me, he is an average to slightly above average starting left tackle in the NFL. When I say that, I'm not saying he's an average left tackle. I'm saying average starting left tackle. Uh, I think he played his best football in 2021 without question. Uh, he had a stretch from, I believe, week 10 to week 16 where he was one of the most impressive pass protectors in football. But he also had some games where he looked completely lost. I know the Colts, early in the season, completely dismantled Cam Robinson. Uh, in the game where the Jaguars got down early, had that valiant comeback effort, and then Trevor, I believe, fumbled uh, on, the, on the drive that could have gotten the Jaguars back into that game at the very end. So yeah, Cam Robinson at his at the height of his play is a very good player. 
But for me, there's just been a little bit too much inconsistency throughout his career. And even if we're just looking at 2021, the inconsistencies there, like I said, there was a stretch where he's one of the best in the business. And there's other games you watch and you're like, does this guy need to be replaced in the starting lineup? And it's really interesting to me because Walker Little, he also had a chance to start against the Colts. Walker Little is the, he was a rookie second round pick for the Jaguars. They didn't try to get him into the starting lineup. Um, They wanted to roll with their veteran guys. But when Robinson sustained injuries, Little stepped into the starting lineup. He looked a little rough early on, but once he got down the stretch and had to start against the Colts in the final week of the season, he stonewalled the Colts, uh, their pass rushers. Where Cam Robinson seemingly couldn't lay a hand on these guys. So that is interesting way to that's an interesting way to look at it in my opinion when you just look at what Walker Little did against the Colts and what Cam Robinson did against the Colts. Um but like I said, I think overall Cam Robinson is average to slightly above average when you look at his entire body of work. Um he's a guy that has a nasty demeanor on the field which you like out of offensive linemen. I think he he helps set a physical tone. Um, he, he, he wants to protect his quarterback. He wants to destroy the opponent. He got, he's got that mindset. And you like to see that. Um, is he worth $16.6 million? In my opinion, no. Especially when you look at what a guy like Teron Armstead Got on the open market. Armstead is older than Robinson. He's also more injury prone. But when he's on the field, he's a top five pass protecting left tackle. So could the team have made a higher upside swing at the position? I think they could have and should have made a higher upside swing. Yes, Cam Robinson is durable. But would you rather have 16 to 17 games a year out of Cam Robinson at an average to above average level or 12 games out of Teron Armstead at a elite level. For me, it's an easy choice. You want to go with the higher upside swing there. Um, I understand the arguments against Armstead, but when you look at the money, when you look at what he got from Miami, You look at what the Jaguars have paid Cam Robinson over the last two seasons. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around going with what in my mind is a safe floor, I guess, from Cam, even though his floor game to game could be pretty damn low, unfortunately. Um, Like I said, just got abused by the Colts, got abused by a couple other teams. I don't think it was the best decision the Jaguars made. I think it was a safe decision. You know, you're keeping Cam Robinson around. He has a good relationship with um, with Trevor Lawrence. He is, again, not a bad left tackle by any stretch. Um, but I think it was just kind of a safe hedge your bets type of play. I don't think it's super high upside. Now, don't get me wrong. Cam Robinson's 26. He could be going into his best couple years as a pro coming up here. That's very well possible. 
I mean, his development was somewhat derailed, like I said, in 2018 with the ACL. 2019, he was not fully recovered for much of that season. He played through it, battled through it. And then he really was fully healthy in 2020 and 2021 for the most part. And you saw him play better football. Um, And this is, again, we've talked about this. It's hard to really judge some of the Jaguars players from 2021 based on their performances, like their bad performances were those affected by drama, distraction, terrible coaching. If you're going to give some guys a pass, you got to give that pass to everyone for the most part, unless there's some circumstance that, that uh, you know about with one guy that, that didn't exist with another guy. So yeah, I think Cam Robinson It was a safe play for the Jaguars to bring him back. You have a veteran who you feel pretty comfortable about. But is he going to offer Pro Bowl potential? I don't think so. Teron Armstead would have. Walker Little maybe would have at left tackle. But now Walker Little looks like he's going to be competing for either right tackle with Jawan Taylor or left guard, potentially, with Ben Barch. Um, I don't know if Tyler Shatley is who the Jaguars are penciling in at center. I mean, right now they certainly would be as the starter. But is it possible to land a starting center in the draft? Yes, 100%. Could the Jaguars still take a tackle, a left tackle or a right tackle? Offensive lineman in general, at one. Sure, but it doesn't seem likely considering the amount they're paying Cam Robinson, the amount they're paying Brandon Scherf, the fact that they have Walker Little, who they drafted in the second round last year. Ben Barch was a early day three pick the year before. You just signed Tyler Shatley to a two-year deal. Do all those signs point towards Evan Neal or Ikemekwanu at Number one overall? I don't think so. By the way, I'm not saying Ikem Iquanu because that's who I would take. I certainly would not take Iquanu. He's my OT3 right now behind Evan Neal and Charles Cross. I think Charles Cross is just so much better in pass protection. So much more ready to come in and really make a good impact for you. And that doesn't mean he doesn't have potential because this is a guy who um, he uses a redshirt sophomore, I believe. He's got room to grow, but that's not what we're here to talk about right now. Um, I, I do. If it was me, I would still be strongly considering Evan Neal at one. And I'd probably take Evan Neal at one because I think he's the best player in the draft. I think he helps you protect Trevor Lawrence. I think he helps you clear holes for Travis Etienne, for James Robinson, and whoever else the Jaguars might add at running back if they're worried about those injuries from Etienne and Robinson. Um, I just think he helps your offense. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson or Kayvon Thibodeau would immediately help that pass rush greatly on the other side of the ball as edge rushers. 
I will not blame the Jaguars if they take one of those guys, which it's all signs are pointing to Aiden Hutchinson still, despite some of the smoke you've heard about Trayvon Walker. And I do believe the Jaguars have interest in Trayvon Walker. Like he is a Trent bulky type of guy, but I think Cam Robinson going with this safe play and, and bringing back Cam Robinson, making sure you have at least a quality left tackle. Are they going to make another safe play? with the number one overall pick. And I think that safe play is Aiden Hutchinson because he is going to give you solid run defense. He's going to give you a pass rush technician with power, the speed to threaten the edge, the hand usage to get back inside and just destroy quarterbacks. Yeah. He's going to give you all that. He's going to give you a constant hard worker, a leader. This stuff is not a joke. Aiden Hutchinson really brings that to the table, like more than everyone else. He does. Um, he's just a tireless worker. If you haven't heard of it, haven't heard about it, I strongly advise going and checking out Hutch. It's a PFF production on your podcast stream or on YouTube, whatever. Uh, it basically is a deep dive into Aiden Hutchinson's upbringing, his career, his life, all that. Even if you don't want him to be the pick at number one, do you want to know about the guy who is most likely to be that pick? Yes, you do. So I would go check that out. Uh, but yeah, Cam Robinson is going to be the Jaguars starting left tackle in 2022, barring some crazy unforeseen circumstance. Uh, and I would not be surprised if they get a longer term deal done with him before that July 15th deadline. Otherwise, they're paying him $16.6 million in 2022, and that's all going against the cap. But I, I've been a little critical of Cam, but like I said, he brings you, for the most part, a quality baseline of play, a nasty play demeanor, and a good relationship with the quarterback and with the players around him. So... Yeah, I get it. It's not what I would have done. It's not the high upside play. Uh, and I do think just based on everything the Jaguars have done this offseason, it's not pointing to left tackle at one. It's definitely pointing towards Aiden Hutchinson. But the Jaguars do have 11 other draft picks after that number one overall pick. They've gone through a bunch of pre-draft visits, top 30 visits from different prospects from around the country. One of them is John Mechie. Another is Kirby Joseph. We're going to take a look at both of those guys right now. like to remind you to check out ginjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news and analysis and Duval gear. John Mechie, wide receiver out of Alabama, big-time producer for the Crimson Tide. Over 2,000 yards and 14 touchdowns during his sophomore and junior years at Alabama. Six foot, 195, 30-inch arms, little over 30. It might be 30 and 7 eighths. So not prohibitive, but not great length. No testing because of the ACL tear he sustained in the SEC championship. He expects to be back at 100% in June, which is before training camp. NFL training camps will kick off in mid-July. So he would not be ready for some of the OTAs and things like that in all likelihood. 
but should be ready for the regular season. Um, as long as he can get into training camp and, and kind of get rhythm, get into rhythm with your quarterback, you should feel good about the injury situation. Of course, you never quite know how the recovery is going throughout the entire process, unless you're the doctor there, or the trainer there with him. Um, that's a thing that every team in the NFL will have to evaluate for John Mechie. If the Jaguars medical staff feels confident in that timeline and his ability to fully recover within that time frame, then yeah, you could feel comfortable adding him to the mix, potentially. He has an excellent release package. Like it is tough to get to slow him down at the line of scrimmage. He has route running ability, quickness, athleticism. I don't think this is a 4-3 guy we're talking about, but I think he's squarely in the 4-4 range. Um, The hands are a minor concern for me. They did improve overall throughout his career, and he did get better in contested catch situations. But even in this final year at Alabama, there are situations where it still just doesn't look natural, where he doesn't feel like he's attacking the ball, where he's kind of fighting it or just trying to corral it. Again, that's a minor concern. Usually he looks comfortable. He usually catches the ball. His his drop percentage, I believe, in 2021 was around 7 to 8%, which is a little high for me. I really like that 5 to 7% range. And it's really more about what you see on tape with how comfortable they look catching the ball. I think I do think some of it has been focus drops, but there's been times where it's tight quarters and it just looks like he's not super comfortable attacking that football. But again, with his ability to release and stack these defenders, run crisp routes, and his quickness and overall athleticism, I think he should be able to get open at the NFL level a lot. And he did improve that contested catch rate in 2021. So even if he's not able to create a ton of separation on every route, maybe with this development that you saw from him in 2021, um, maybe he is going to be a guy that that can catch contested passes for you. So yeah, if my team doctors believe he's ready for a training camp, I'd have an early third on him, third round grade. So for the Jaguars, I think this makes sense at 65 or 70. I think the Jaguars are more comfortable with their receiver room than I am, than a lot of people are. But the bottom line is they brought in Christian Kirk, who they love. They think he can play outside. They think he can play inside. They think they can. He can do a ton for them. Marvin Jones has been a quality number two for most of his career. He had an up and down year for the Jaguars in 2021, but I think some people forget some of the highlight plays that he was able to make. Some of the big plays he was able to make. I think he still can be a number two. Do you want him to be your number two? I I wouldn't. I would like him to be more of a third target maybe fourth, but the Jaguars can look at him and say, yeah, that's a quality starting receiver. I think they think the same about Zay Jones. I think they like LaVisca Chenault. 
Jamal Agnew, Laquan Treadwell, Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold. So yeah, I think they might be selling themselves on that. But I also don't think you can look at this receiver group and say that it's built for the future. I mean, Christian Kirk is the only guy long-term, right? Right now with his contract. Um, so in the third round range, I think is when the Jaguars might start targeting some receivers. Cause I do think that they will draft at least one receiver. I just don't think it's going to be as early as some people hope necessarily. Now it wouldn't shock me if they go grab a George Pickens at 33 or if, if, uh, if Traylon Burks or Jahan Dotson or someone else like that falls out of the first round and they have a value on that, they believe in the value there. I wouldn't be shocked if they went for one at 33, but I think their goal is going to be to get one more in the third, fourth, fifth round range. I don't necessarily agree with it, but if John Mechie, if the Jaguars do employ that strategy, John Mechie, I think makes sense at 65 or 70. And if he somehow falls to the top of day three to the fourth round, absolutely he'd be a home run at that point. I think he'd be a good value pick at 65 or 70 because without the injury, you're probably looking at a second rounder. And you know Trent Baalke, I don't think it's that he loves to target injured players. He loves to target players that he feels are of value. A lot of injured players become values in the draft because they're better than where they're being drafted. They're more talented than where they're being drafted. You saw it with Andre Sisco at the top of the third round last year, coming off the torn ACL. He was able to come in and... He played extremely well throughout training camp. He played well throughout the preseason. The Jaguars, I think, just wrongly and stupidly started Andrew Wingard over him for most of the season. I think that was an absolute travesty. I think it was a joke. I don't know if that was on Urban Meyer or Joe Cullen, but I, I think it was horrendous. And you saw that once Andre Sisco got on the field, he played a lot better then Andrew Wingard, and he even elevated the team at some times, making incredible plays on the ball. But I digress. <laughs> the point is, if you can evaluate these guys and clear them medically, say that you feel good about the projection for their return to health, in the third round, if you can get a second round value, or John Mechie to some people was even a borderline first round guy. And if he would have tested and run in the four fours, giving you a good vert, looked quick, yeah, maybe he could have pushed for the back of the first round. I don't see that personally because I don't see the hand consistency. Excuse me, the hand consistency. I don't see just the natural hands catcher. But I do think he's going to be a starting NFL wide receiver. At the very worst, a third guy, a slot guy for, for a number of years. So I do like John Mechie in the third round for the Jaguars. I wouldn't blame a team for taking him at the back of the second. But I, my guess is he'll be there at 65 or 70, and that Balky will value him at that spot, at those two spots. Um, it'll be about if he values them enough if he feels like he's got a better value somewhere else, 
a better fit with the needs that he perceives and the coaching staff perceives. John Mechie. Now we've got Kirby Joseph, Illinois safety. Really interesting guy to me. Uh, Only one year starting up there at Illinois, but what a year it was. Former 2A athlete out of Orlando. He's 6'1", 200 pounds, showed explosiveness at the combine with a 38.5-inch vert, a quality 123 broad, 18 bench press reps, is good, but very good when you look at the fact that he has 33-inch arms and 10 and a quarter-inch hands. At six foot one to have 33-inch arms, he's pa- he's passing tackle thresholds there with that length, and with those size hands, he's able to he's able to use those to his advantage. I mean, length. And hand size, you might laugh at it, but in the NFL, when it's literally milliseconds and and less than half a yard between making a play and giving up a massive play, it's important. Um, and that length, that explosiveness, it shows up. Five interceptions and two fumble recoveries during his final season, his only season starting. At Illinois. He's got good, not great overall athleticism, in my opinion. I don't think the long speed is really great, but I think enough explosiveness, enough twitchiness, enough length to be a major factor at the NFL level as a split field safety, as a guy who at Illinois, they had him lining up in a overhang position quite often on the line of scrimmage. And he's got that length to keep blockers off of him. But again, only one year starting. He's still raw in terms of recognition and instincts. Probably not a day one starter. But you might be able to get him there quickly because his length is rare. Very good explosiveness. He has a nose for the football. Seven turnovers in his only season starting. Again, you saw him out of position at times. Maybe a little slow to react at times. But the natural ability, the natural instincts to go get the ball, he's able to use his zone instincts, which are pretty good and his length to bait quarterbacks into making throws that they should not. He did it quite often in 2021. He has a similar athletic profile to Andre Sisco, who the Jaguars drafted in the third round last year, who looks like a guy that's going to be a quality starting safety with big play, game-changing, turnover-creating ability. Andre Sisco was a turnover machine at Syracuse. So was Kirby Joseph in his only year starting at Illinois. I think Joseph has a little less natural range than Sisco. I don't think he's certainly not as experienced as Sisco, 
but he's very capable of creating those big plays with his length, with his explosiveness, with his instincts in the passing game. Um, I think he's decent when it comes to run support, when it comes to playing downhill, not, not great. That's not his bread and butter. His bread and butter is helping you out in zone coverage, creating plays that way. I think he's in play in the third, maybe the fourth if he falls that far. I kind of doubt it because when you look at the ability to create turnovers, the length and the explosiveness, yeah, he's got all of those things in spades. He just doesn't have experience. Like I said, he was a former two-way athlete out of Orlando. So this is a guy that wasn't just brought into college to be a safety. They had to figure out how they were going to use him. They figured it out, and he figured it out in a big way during his senior year. Like I said, still not experienced enough. I don't think the recognition is quite there all the time. But if you can bring him into Jacksonville in the third or fourth round, have him kind of learn the ropes of your system, and then see what you get from him. And, and if you're liking what you're getting, move on from Rayshon Jenkins, who is costing you a decent amount against the cap uh, after 2022 when there's a, a team out to where you can get out of that contract without major penalties. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think his skill set fits what Mike Caldwell is going to want to do on defense, which if he takes from his mentor, Todd Bowles, that's going to be a lot of zone coverages. Kirby Joseph fits that, fits it to a T. And if, if you talk about having Kirby Joseph and Andre Sisco on the field at the same time, that is two players who the opposing offensive coordinator, quarterback, Everybody on the field, everybody on the staff is going to have to worry about their ability to force turnovers and to capitalize on your mistakes. I think that's exciting. Should be anyways. So John Mechie and Kirby Joseph, I think, are going to be in the same range. That third round, maybe the fourth round if you're lucky. And I would sign off on either selection um, in the third round or fourth round. I think they would greatly help the team. The Jaguars have four picks in the top 70. They also have the first pick in the fourth round. So, yeah, I would not be shocked to see one of these guys end up in Jacksonville. I don't think John Mechie fits a lot of the, like, size and athleticism that you see from some of the Trent Balky picks throughout the years, but he's a damn good receiver. He knows how to get open. He's a guy that would have been a second round pick, I believe, prior to that injury, maybe early second round. So yeah, that that's where that value comes in with Trent Balky. That's going to do it for the show today. Thank you so much for tuning in, Duval. Make sure to hit that like 
and subscribe button on YouTube. Check out genjag.com for all the latest Jaguars news and analysis and Duval gear. And enjoy the rest of your Thursday. We'll be back at it again tomorrow with another episode of Duval Daily. Thanks again for tuning in. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.